I pride myself of, you know, I want it, we're the Christians, we want to be on time. So we had to get my daughter Brooke to the, the dentist. We arrived in West Perth, all the way from the north. Got in there with three minutes to spare. So I pride myself on being on time. And we sat down. She's like freaked out because she's got to have um, fillings and all that sort of stuff. And five minutes of waiting led to 15 minutes of waiting. And I'd read the paper once by then. Brooke is sitting there, stationary, frozen. And the waiting room is starting to fill up. And 15 minutes turned into 30 minutes. And by that time, I'd read the paper twice. And I'd started to pick up the flyers and the brochures around the building and read them. 30 minutes turned into 40 minutes. By this time, I'm frustrated as 40 minutes overdue. I've read all the papers. I've read all the magazines. I've read the writing on the wall. And 45 minutes later, the dentist comes out and says, Brooke Christensen, it's your turn. And with that, we go into the, the operating room. And I'm sitting there. I'm frustrated because it's 45 minutes later. She's scared. Dentist begins to do the work, and I'm kind of like getting over the whole, like, I pride myself to be on time, and I'm sitting there kind of going through this whole thing. And then the volume started to be turned up on the inside of my heart with the words that the dentist said to bring us out of the waiting room into surgery, and that was, it's your turn. And after we finished the procedure, we walked through the waiting room and there was standing people just standing everywhere. The waiting room was full. It was backed up. People on time, but waiting their turn. Got into the car and as I drove home, the Lord began to turn up the volume. And hence this word I want to share with you today is a word I believe for us in this city. And that is, it's your turn. Now there's a difference between being on time and your turn. Every day, people pride themselves on being on time in work. People show up to different sporting events on time. People rock up every week on time to church, on time to midweek meetings, on time to connect groups, whatever you may call them. People are rocking up on time. But a lot of people are rocking up to church on time, every week, doing the same thing every week, still having a waiting room mentality. They're on time. As we speak, people are on time all around our city, in church, on time, every week, but are sitting in church every week with a waiting room mentality. They're waiting for external circumstances to change before they take their turn. Waiting for the lotto to come in. Waiting for family situations to change. Waiting for them to get set free before they take the turn. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get set free. There's nothing wrong with wanting to see things take place in your family. But God is wanting to readjust our mindset to move beyond just living as a people that are always on time, to rid ourselves of that waiting room mentality and begin to wake every day living with a mentality that it's my turn. God wants to shift gears, and there are questions that we must answer. The first is this, have many of us become content to be on time, but I'm missing the reality that right now, 
it's our turn. Are we waiting for the atmosphere to change, the climate around us to change, external circumstances to line up before we'll take our turn? Waiting, praying, God, one day, when? And the whole time, God is wanting us to shift gears from just being on time to living as a people that know it's my turn 24-7. The second question we've got to ask is, has the church, not churches like this, I know, but has the church become a waiting room full of people who are on time but don't know it's their turn? It burdens me. Even in the last two weeks, I'm not going to say where, but where I've been ministering, where people 20, 25 years still today are on time, are faithful in the church, but are not living as though it's their turn. Faithfully coming, faithfully attending, faithfully serving, but still don't know who they are and whose they are. Still living in that place where they're waiting. And that waiting room mentality, God wants to break it off the church globally. He wants to shift us out of that old corrupt mindset and bring us back to the place where we know because of what he did for us qualifies us to take our turn. So what does it mean to live as though it's your turn? It means to live as though you are accepted, approved, justified, validated, righteous and made whole, not because of what you have done or you can do, but based upon what Jesus Christ has done already for you. It means to shift out of a waiting room mentality and come to the place where we don't just talk about the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, but we honor the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we know that when he said, Teleo, it is finished, that it was the beginning for us. It was the beginning of a new season for the church, for the earth as we know it. And I believe with all of my heart today that we need a revelation more than ever in the city of Perth, that we do not need to rock up to leadership meetings trying to validate who we are. We don't need to rock up to church trying to validate who we are. We don't need to rock up to work trying to validate who we are. I go to too many leadership meetings and leaders are validating themselves by saying how big, how many, how strong, how long, and the list goes on. You see, we don't need to walk around with our resume. <laughs> we need to walk around with his resume. And we need to know that righteousness means that we've received his performance record for us and that validates us. Sure, there's an ongoing work. I understand that. Sure, taking your turn is not about just jumping out now and starting a church. Taking your turn starts with serving or it starts with little bits of giving. But a lot of people are waiting for the magic moment. God says, take your turn. Send that SMS to love on that person. Begin the ministry of loving. Begin the step of giving. Begin that step of just praying for somebody, whatever it may be. We've got to live as a people while we're great at sitting in the waiting room every Sunday. God needs churches like this. I can feel the DNA of this house. It's the opposite. God wants the church, such as churches like this, to raise a people with a mentality that they are sent of God sent out to the nations, amen? Sent as a people that know whose they are, amen? Nudge your neighbor and say, it's your turn. It's your turn. In John chapter 5, 
verse 1 and 15. You don't have to turn there. We'll just we'll talk about it. We heard the story before about the pool of Bethesda. This is one of the most intriguing stories I've ever read. Here you have a small pool, the pool of Bethesda. And the Bible says in John chapter 5, 1 through 15, the story goes like this, that multitudes were gathered around about the pool of Bethesda, a small pool, multitudes meaning more than hundreds, thousands of infirm people, sick people, are gathered layers deep, waiting at the odd occasion when an angel would come, stir the waters, and the first person that would go into that water would be instantly healed. And you can almost hear the waiting room conversations going on. I wonder when the angel is going to come. I wonder when the move of the waters is going to take place. And people there, infirm, excited, expectant, waiting and waiting for the moving of the waters. And sure enough, bam, instantly, the angel comes and the waters are stirred. And someone gets put into the waters. People rise. At that moment, hoping they'll be the one that gets healed. I can hear conversations, people's disappointments. I missed out again. I missed out on the move. I missed out on the healing. And people go back to their mats. People go back to their spots. Disappointed. I missed out. And they're waiting. I can hear the conversations. I wonder if we pray hard enough, he might come more frequently. I wonder if we if we repent of our sin, because maybe we sinned or our parents sinned, that's the reason why it's probably a creating a blockage for us to get free and healed and get favored to get into the water. Come on, you're hearing me now. There are a lot of conversations going on in that waiting room, multitudes anticipating. I love excitement. I love anticipation. But these people are frustrated. As people get blessed, come back, others are disappointed. Hands up if you know Jesus loves to clean out the waiting rooms. And there's a man there, the Bible says, paralyzed for 38 years. Now, we don't know how long this story unfolded, days, weeks, months. A lot of people happy, a great deal sad because they missed out on the move, waiting for the moving of the water. And this man, the Bible says, Jesus met this man paralyzed for 38 years, and he said, what are you doing here? And he said, I've got no one to put me in the waters while I'm waiting. And Jesus said this to him, pick up your bed and walk. Or in urban language or in street language, he said this, it's your turn. Stand up. It's your turn. And the Bible says in that location, in that context, were the scribes and the Pharisees. And they said, how dare you? pick up your bed and walk. So what were they saying? They were saying this, you might be on time, son, but you can't take your turn. You see, the voice of religion, the voice of religion is shouting loud into the hearts of people. You're not holy enough. You're not justified enough. You're not healed enough to take your turn. Come on. And Jesus wants to break that thing, man. I have met multiple thousands of people in 27 years of ministry that are still sitting, waiting for a move of God, waiting for a revival, waiting for a next conference, 
to do something in the atmosphere, waiting for the prophetic words to come to pass the whole time. The whole time, Jesus is saying to the church, it's your turn now. What do we have to pick up? What do we have to begin to, those things we've been sitting on, what do we have to pick up and remove? Amen. You see, while we're reliant upon us getting free, circumstances changing, we're not resting our faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us. We don't need faith in our tomorrow. We need faith in what he has done for us. Jesus, I want you to do something. Jesus shouts back, I've done it. Pick up your bed. Amen. We're talking about a mentality. We're talking about a belief system that's got to get deep down in our hearts. Amen. That we live as a people. Once again, I'm going to back up. I'm not talking about running off and just starting ministries for the sake of it. Running off and starting a business when you're out of the time of God. But I'm talking about small steps, small turns. But a people that are pregnant with a mentality that I'm qualified by God to live as one that is validated and justified by God to take my turn. Amen? Powerful, yeah? So the voice of failure will say to you, your turn's over. There are some of you here today that maybe you know you've entertained, like many of us, we've gone through certain failures. You entertain that for too long. That voice will cause you to sit in a holding pattern and you'll wait and you'll wait and you'll wait and another prophetic word will come and yet you'll wait. And God is wanting to break the waiting room mentality off of our lives. Or maybe it's the voice of fear. What if you step out and fail? What if you do this and it doesn't work out? Amen. So God is wanting us to rise as a people. Another waiting room story goes like this. I know, it's, I know it's been used in Sunday school for years with David and Goliath. We've got the Philistines over one side, Israel over another side. Now, every day for 40 days and for 40 nights, these elite soldiers from Israel rocked up and they would listen to the taunts and the rants of Goliath, intimidating them. This nine-foot giant was saying, who's going to take me on? Now, these guys were qualified. These guys were living under the banner of God. But for 40 days and for 40 nights, they were holding fast in this waiting room. They were on time, listening to the intimidation, listening to the chants of fear, listening to the false shouts of this giant. Yet one boy who was on an errand, he took his turn. He was moving under the instruction of his father, Jesse. I want you to take these loaves of bread and I want you to take this cheese to see how my sons are going and to see how Israel is faring at this time. The moment he begins to hear Goliath tormenting, slandering Israel, God's people, what does he do? Something begins to go off on the inside of him. You've got even the king. He's in the waiting room. He says, Dave, come here. Try on my armor. I'm sure deliverance will come as you put my armor on. He says, sorry, man, it doesn't fit me. It's not something I can wear. It's not what I'm graced for. Amen. You know the story that he takes his turn and with little, much happens. So God is wanting us as a people to understand the reality is that it's time in the city, it's time in this nation that we see a people that are willing to live as a people that know 
It's my turn. Recently, my wife took a turn. There are many turns in your journey. While everyone was posting about homosexuality and bless the Lord, I don't want to enter into all that stuff. We've had a, a little ministry going on in the back blocks in the neighborhood with homosexuals. We don't want it announced. We don't want it Facebook, Instagram. We're just doing it. My wife baptized these lesbians and does discipleship with them while they're hugging and hanging out on the lounge and they love Christine. And uh, before they actually come into the kingdom, she was praying one night. She's got to go speak at this women's leaders event. And she said, Peter, uh, uh, the normal response would be bring this prayer warrior, that prayer warrior, we're going to go down and as we drive, we'll pray and whatnot. But the Lord spoke to her and said, take the lesbians. Now, they weren't believers by then. They just had been having coffee together and meeting with Christine and hanging out. Hello? Take your turn. So Christine took her turn. And she rang the leaders and she said, listen, I'm bringing a couple of lesbians with me. And they're like, what? <laughs> I want them to sit in the front row with us. And I want us to really welcome them, you know, and they did. They did a fantastic job. So she said, it's funny, I'm sitting there worshipping and these two are holding hands. And she said, I just loved it. She preached the gospel, shared her testimony, did another, a few prophetic words. She said, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ tonight, come. They were the first two down the front with tears on their faces, weeping, broken. And these two are such a joy. Our kids now love them coming over. You see, if she wasn't willing to take her turn, if she listened to the voice of religion, hello, we can fire off the texts and broadcast what we should be doing as a church. I think just we need to get out there and do it, yeah? We have church tonight, actually, near us. It's actually next door. Twelve months ago, this family moved in, and they moved in with a bang. I'm talking about bongs motorbikes, all their friends and late night parties and the whole neighbourhood's kind of like wanting to kick them out and everyone's coming knocking on our door, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I don't know, you know, like, I don't even know them. And I was sitting there and I was getting a bit upset one night. Guys were jumping over our, our fence and language and all sorts of stuff was going on and I was getting flustered and the Lord said, take your turn. So the next day I took a beer over Next door, met the guy, his name's Skull. <laughs> Go figure. He's got his family ink up and down his left and right arm. And do you know what? Every Sunday night, if we're not ministering, we're over there. And what started with one person now is up to 15 people. And we're talking about an environment and a, a culture that I've learned so much of Christ in. And while we sit as people on one side of the fence, knowing we're on time but not taking our turn, our world's going to hell, yeah? One of my most exciting Sunday nights is being next door, hearing the conversations. Billy Bongs are going off over here. More people, more young adults are coming in. And do you know what 
the conversation always comes back to God. Would you pray for us? Last week, we're sitting across the table ministering of the word of the Lord. How, how, how the F do you know? What the? What the? And the whole time I could feel the Lord just jumping up going, this is my kid. Come on. And this is the type of people you are. God wants us to take our turn. God wants us to move beyond the boundaries of religion, yeah? In John chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, Father, the hour has come. I've finished the work that you've called me to complete. Now, he hasn't been to the cross yet. So we've got to ask, what was the work that Jesus said he'd finished? He goes on to say, the ones that you've given me, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Now I pray that you would restore the glory that I had before I left you to myself. He was talking about the glory of being God and also the glory of being a son. He said, I've given them the glory of sonship, yeah? And these guys are ready to take their turn. You see, this is the heart of our Father. When He looks at you, He has given you, deposited within you, transferred into you and I, Himself. He said, I've had my turn, and now it's their turn. You see, something, something happened in the life of those disciples when they moved from just being disciples. Disciples follow, but sons ascend. The ultimate plan of God is not just to stop at discipling, but it's to raise disciples to know that they are sons and daughters of God because that's where that sent dimension kicks in. Amen? And that's why the message of sonship, that you are a daughter of the Father, that you are a son of God, not just a Christian, not just a saint, but you are family, that the DNA, the gene code of our Father is locked up on the inside of us. And something happens when we move from that waiting room when we move out of just being on time to a place where, do you know what? When I leave this church today, I'm going to appropriate that. I'm going to start to develop a mindset that it is my turn. Watch what begins to happen. Watch the work of God that begins to take place in your life. Amen? You see, some of us, I believe God is in the process of bringing us out, breaking us out, healing us from those waiting rooms the waiting room of fear, the waiting room of rejection, the waiting room of disappointment, the waiting room where religion has told you to sit down and shut up. Maybe the voices of your past, you kind of are used to being on time, but something has locked you up deep in your heart. God has signed His name upon your heart. And He's saying to us as a people today, time to take your turn can you imagine the city of Perth if you think about this just this city if everyone had that mentality not just theologically but embedded in the foundations of our heart in our belief system in our understanding in our hearts of people waking every day living as though it's my turn so when Goliath comes 
Lord, just standing there. When circumstances present themselves to you, financial, family, whatever adversity it may be, something happens when you're postured on the inside with a mentality and a heart that it is my God. So I believe today that God has got many of us in that process where he's bringing us out of the waiting. He's bringing us to that place where his confidence is our confidence. With his assurance becoming our assurance. His voice, our voice. And there's that migration that's taking place on the inside, yeah? Let's have the musicians just come. us just to pause <coughs> you happy that I didn't quote from the Quran just a light message today not so much a teaching just putting seed out there and praying the seed of God